Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Wrestle Rant Radio for Thursday, December 8th, 2022. I am Graham Jason Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week so far. We are mere weeks out from Christmas and the end of the year, which means the 2022 Year in Review Awards, WWE AEW, presented by WrestleRant.com, coming up this month. Now, I know I mentioned them last week. Haven't had a chance to put them up yet. I am putting them up today. So either by the time this episode goes up or soon after, by tonight for sure, December 8th, I'm almost positive either today or tomorrow now that I say it and I got to put the, I have all the categories set. The nominees are set. The categories are set. I did make a bit of an adjustment this year out uh, of some of the categories. Some felt outdated, didn't feel appropriate. Like for example, like WWE Network Show of the Year, Special of the Year. They haven't exactly updated their Peacock Network content in 2022. So I decided to get rid of that category and a few others and rebrand a few others, merge a few. So Overall, I think last year we had 16 categories. This year we're going to have 14. So still an even number. A lot of stuff to vote on. Cast your vote when the polls go live on WrestleRant.com. They're going to be open till the end of the month. I think Wednesday, December 28th, I want to say, before we review the results here on WrestleRant Radio, Mr. Marcel and myself, uh, Mr. Marceau and myself, that is, uh, breaking down the results of the 2022 year-end awards um, on December 29th. So a lot to look forward to here on the show, including today. That's in a couple weeks, but today we got a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. Uh, that being NXT deadline on Saturday, final battle on Saturday as well. Winter is coming next Wednesday from AEW. We had Raw this past week, Dynamite this past week, two interesting shows to say the least. Some William Regal news, Miro news, some interesting names spotted at the Performance Center for this week's WWE tryouts. We're going to get to that and so much more here on today's show. But before any of that, a moment ago I did mention deadline coming up on Saturday. In the main event of that show, Apollo Crews challenging Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. We got Apollo Crews for the first time here on WrestleRant Radio today. This is the third interview we've done. I did speak to him back in January of last year. And in April of last year, days out from when he won the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 37. That was right after he turned heel. Uh, but never on WrestleRant Radio. Did not air either of those interviews on WrestleRant Radio. He's going to be on the show this week to talk about Deadline, his NXT run in the last six months, his character development, being back in NXT, and so much more. That's going to be coming up today, right now, here on WrestleRant Radio. One quick cheap plug, though. New episodes of the show every single Thursday, right here on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss a new episode every single Thursday. That being said, guys, enjoy my exclusive interview with Apollo Crews, also dropping an article form on Friday on DailyDDT.com and in video form over on my channel, YouTube.com backslash WrestleRant. 
What's going on, guys? Graham G. Matthews here, Bleach Report and Fan Side of Daily DDT. Ahead of NXT deadline coming up on Saturday, Peacock, December 10th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We're talking to the number one contender to the NXT Championship here today, Mr. Apollo Cruz. Apollo, what's going on, man? Not much. How about yourself? Doing great, man. I'm just looking forward to deadline on Saturday. Like I said, you're facing Braun Breaker for the NXT mm -hmm. Championship. And you said on TV recently that, I mean, maybe today is the actual anniversary, but like, not anniversary, but like, when is the exact six month mark of when you arrived back in NXT? Was it almost exactly six months ago? It was yeah, really June, I, right? I think it was June. Yeah. It was almost, I think it's six months almost to the day, right? It might have been, can't remember the exact date, but it was June, though. So, yeah, it's, it feels like it, it's been, it goes so quick, right? It's yeah. crazy. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. At the same time, it feels like it's been a long time. It's weird how, how it works. It's <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. weird how time works. Yeah. No, yeah, but like, absolutely. it's a cool way to kind of culminate it because I think it was, like you said, early June, and we're approaching deadline on Saturday where it's not mm -hmm. just any ordinary match for you. You're coming off the casket match of Halloween Havoc. You got the NXT Championship on Saturday. You said from day one that you were going to go for the gold. You're getting that title match on Saturday. Just talk about the last six months and how they've gone for you and that process of not going for the gold from the beginning, you kind of had to prove yourself and you had to rack up some wins and reestablish mm -hmm. yourself. And I've really enjoyed the journey so far of you in NXT. Thank you. I truly appreciate that. And, and like you said, it was coming back and not just being like, okay, you know, uh, I'm the type of individual. Well, if I have to show that, you know, I'm, I'm deserving of something, I'm okay with that because mm -hmm. that's what I've, I've done my whole life. It's nothing new. And uh, it's been, it's been a, it's been a fun ride though. Um, casket match was was something you know something different and something that i really enjoyed doing and uh got the victory out of that which set me up for this match this this uh saturday which it's insane because i'm facing you know someone who i could say is very similar to me and as far as you know in-ring abilities right very extremely athletic guy you know powerful um strong quick agile uh and he's done a lot in such a short amount of time right which is uh it's insane to see and um you know, all respect to Braun Breaker. Um, no, no heat there is no, you know, uh, when fishing, enjoy his company, you know <laughs> what I mean? But I, I feel like for me, there's a lot. It's weird. I don't feel any pressure, but there's a lot that I have to prove, right? You know, I'm coming back. I said, this is what I want to do. And it, it, it has to be done. You know, I feel like this is the, uh, I guess the cherry on top of the, the, you know, the icing or the cake or whatever you want to call it, right? It's the icing on top of the cake, I should say, where, mm -hmm. you know, this would make the return to NXT complete, you know, and uh, I'm looking forward to fulfilling that, you know, the feeling of being champion, you know, you never, you never forget what that feeling is like of winning a title. You know, I've won two here and I, I remember what the feeling is both times. And, you know, I look forward to feeling that feeling again and, and accepting everything that comes with being champion. And again, it's something that I've never had a chance to accomplish the first mm -hmm. time around. So the fact that I have the opportunity to go and make that happen and, uh, in, in general, just being able to turn my career around, I feel like is great. Uh, not that it was like, it's not like it was bad or anything, right? Yeah. But it was just, it, it got stale though for a while. It was kind of, you know, I feel like there's a certain point where every time I got to the ring, people knew that, okay, this guy's going to lose, right? <laughs> 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 where it's like, man, how do you, how do you change that? Right? Yeah. How do you, in, in a world where the people, the way that people respond to you is such an important thing. It's like, how do you, how do you change that? You know, like, how do you uh, make them believe in you again? And I feel like it's just not losing that belief in yourself. Right. And that's one thing that I struggled with for a while is the belief in myself. And I'm like, okay, well, if I don't believe in myself, why should anybody else, you know? And I think yeah, it's, yeah. it comes back to that, having that belief in yourself and knowing how, what you're capable of, how good you are, 
and uh, going out there and showing it time after time. And that's what I get the opportunity. That's what I've had the opportunity to do here these last six, last six months. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, here's something. Uh, now I'm going to go out there and show. I'm going to crush any expectation that you had. So you might have had an expectation here, but I'm yeah. going to go up here just because that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I look forward to doing that again this Saturday. And not just that, but coming home with the gold as well. Yeah, and not just only doing all that, but getting a chance to show people how good you really are. Because I think some and that's people, what it is. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think even in NXT the first time, you got a chance to showcase your skills. You were great. Obviously, you had a chance to showcase your skills on Raw and SmackDown for the four or five mm -hmm. years you were there. But mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, it feels like with every match, you're continuing to, like you said, exceed, not just me, but exceed those expectations, have great matches, show a different side of your personality too, because we kind of, yeah. we got a small taste of that in NXT the first time. I really yeah. enjoy those video packages that they put together for you when you first arrived years ago, talking yeah, about them. your background family. Yeah, it was really, yes. really cool going to yeah. your first NXT title match. And now we've kind of gone full circle with these like fishing segments. And it sounds yeah. weird on paper just talking about like you're going fishing with your opponent. Going fishing. Yeah, but dude, but it's like different. it's so it's different, it's, right? it's different and it's organic. It's and it honestly sounds like that you guys are just having a regular conversation. Because how many times do we have contract signings and stuff like that where it's like, oh, I'm gonna be like, I don't know. I can't really yeah. go into the exact well, it gets, it too, uh, yeah. animated, I guess is the word where yeah, yeah. yeah. Um yeah, no, I feel you on that hundred percent. It's nice to be able to do like I talked about it earlier, being able to do something so different, even, yeah. in, you know, for me, like I never really had vignette packages. I never had anything that was, I never was built for anything. Right. Mm -hmm. Essentially. So the fact that I get to, to do these things and kind of come out uh, the my comfort zone and do things that are different for me, it was my first time fishing. So like, <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm all for it. I'm not going to, you know, like, okay, what's the worst that could happen? You can fall in the water and get wet. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's, it's okay. Like it's not one of those things that whatever's placed in front of me, it's my job to, to, to make, to make that come to life. Right. So, and I understand that. Um, so yeah, it was, it's nice to be able to do something different and have some kind of story being built around you and going into, it's almost unfamiliar for me just cause it, it's, <laughs> you know, and it's sure, like, well, these yeah. are the things, this is what I should be. I should accept it. These are the things that I should be, should have been used to. Right. This mm -hmm. is what, what wrestling is, is the storytelling and, and, uh, especially going into a match, it's like let's let's have this build and make people want to see this, right? So hopefully, that's what we're you know we've done. And the fact that um, it is so friendly is nice because that's a whole different environment for me. Where it's yeah. usually going into a match and oh, I hate this guy, I want to take his head <laughs> off. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, we're two competitors fighting over you know the most important uh, the pri or one of the most important prizes here, right? So it's it's uh, it. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be yeah. good. I look forward to it because you know this. Here's a guy, like I said, it's you know, like it's the story of how anybody would would want to come into the company, right? Mm -hmm. It's like okay, I come here a short time, I'm champ, and I'm I'm just crushing everybody from yeah. you know for years straight, right? It's fantastic to see, and the fact that he's able to to do that and maintain it, and have you know, at such a young age, have these you know match after match after match. It's great, and I and again, I look forward to stepping in the ring with him this week and uh, and taking what he he cherishes most. I think it's such a cool dynamic that you mentioned that Braun comes in, wins the championship within a matter of months of arriving. But like you mm -hmm. said, like you've been with WWE for so long now, you've had a lot of championship, like United States Intercontinental Championship. These aren't unprestigious titles; these are very important right. titles. The right. NXT title kind of felt like the one that always eluded you that you contended for, never had a mm -hmm. chance to win, and now we're back at square one. Is it safe to say that having having first had that title match, what, six, seven years ago when you first faced Finn Balor for the championship when you yeah, first arrived, yeah. 
it's got to mean more now to win it on Saturday, not just from Braun, but just in general, to have had the journey that you had going to Raw, SmackDown, the ups, the downs, everything. It has to mean more winning it this time around than it would have six or seven years ago, right? You have to appreciate it more a little bit. No, absolutely, absolutely. And that just comes, it's one of those things where it's like you, you kind of, uh, uh, like as you get older, you, the life experience kind of thing, right? Sure. Where it's 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 like you, you, you don't know, you're not as grateful for it. You wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been as grateful for it as I was, as I would be now, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I agree with that 100% where it's like having those experiences. And it, it's kind of, like you said, it's come full circle. And again, for me, it's just like another, uh, what else, here it is again, kind of like, I'm going to show how good I am again, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's not a cocky thing. It's just the fact that like, I just have that belief in myself and I know what I'm capable of, capable of but I definitely do agree that it would have, uh, it wouldn't have been, would have meant a lot. Not that it wouldn't have meant uh, anything, yeah, for sure. but if, you know, winning this, this Saturday would mean a lot more than if I would have won, you know, back six or seven years ago. Um, yeah. The fact that it's even been that long is it's crazy. Which, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, six years really isn't a long time. But yeah. in wrestling, it's it's a long time because so many events happen over yeah. the course of just a few months, right? And it's you forget about these things. So, um, yeah, it definitely will be. And, and it, it going through what I've gone through and having to kind of uh, you know reassess and having my career kind of take a turnaround and and and. Uh, kind of the trajectory of my career has kind of changed now. It will mm. definitely definitely mean a lot to 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 bring that title home yeah and you've been involved in nxt with nxt for like some of the best parts like the initial rise in like 2015 2016 and now kind of like the rebirth of the black and gold in nxt so you're kind of getting involved at like just the right times which is cool right yeah it feels feels like you know what i feel like again is that that feeling of uh chasing that dream again you know what i mean i kind of got that that feeling again where it's like uh that's how i felt the first time when i got when i started wrestling it's like okay here's here's the journey uh uh, you know, start indie wrestling. I, I made it to NXT. It's like, okay, next, make it to the main roster. You make it there, win titles, make it there. And now, uh, for a minute there, then I felt like I lost the the that feeling of chasing a dream. Where now I feel like, man, this is what it. I feel that again. Where you feel, it's easy to be disciplined. You know, it's easy to be motivated because you have that that goal in sight, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like it's specific goal. I know what I need to do. I know what I want, and this is the actions that I'm going to take to to make it happen. Yeah. And part of that too, is that you're going to hopefully become the champion on Saturday, take the title on the road from there, not just the Florida house shows, but just announced by the time this goes up, the uh, Charlotte yeah. announcement for vengeance. Imagine State. that, right? Or it's it's cool. Like yeah, that's when NXT was first great. touring when you joined in 2015. So talk a little yeah. bit about that, getting the black and gold brand back on the road. I know they were in, you know, Texas for many a weekend earlier this year, but like yeah. for yeah. the quarterly specials like vengeance day and hopefully deadline next year, Halloween havoc, stuff like that. Talk a little bit about that and how much that means to you as we went down here. I think it's fantastic, and it, not just for me, but a lot of the the, the kids that are getting signed now. Uh, I won't even call them kids. Well, for me, I feel like they're kids because I'm <laughs> yeah, old sure. man, you know. But a lot of the guys getting signed now and girls, it's just they haven't experienced wrestling on the road, right? Because the whole pandemic, after the pandemic, everything is shut down. So, like, a lot of the don't even understand what it's like to be on the road. All they mm-hmm. know is wrestling in one in one place, which is it's crazy because like it's all about traveling and hitting those different towns, right? And and on the indie level, getting your experience level up and hitting, you know, this city and then going to the next city. So to be able to travel again and be a part of the the brand again and having, getting to see ex- the, the looks on people's faces and getting that feeling again on the same kind of feeling as when we first started traveling all those yeah. years ago with NXT, 
I mean, like you said, I'm getting both both sides of it. Whereas, like, I get to do it all over again, which yeah. is fantastic. It's fantastic, right? Like, not a lot of uh, of times that people get to kind of change their careers or have them, um, I guess, kind of altered in in a positive way. But yeah. you don't get to repeat something that you did like that twice in your career, right? Yeah. Where it's like, okay, uh, I get to go back on the road again for the first time with NXT, right? So it's 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 pretty cool. I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited about that because uh, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of people out here who want to see the NXT talent, you know, and that they don't get to see unless it's on TV. Mm-hmm. And I and I know for experiencing wrestling or any kind of live event in person is completely different than it is just watching on TV. So it's nice that we get to um grace those people with our with our presence as well. So I'm I'm super pumped about it. And I, I hope that everybody who's a part of the roster is excited about it as well, because it's going to be something great. I can't think of more of a perfect person, Apollo, to be leading the charge heading into that show next Let's year go. in Charlotte Let's than go. you, Apollo, as the NXT <laughs> champion. So I Absolutely. look forward to it. That means a lot. Absolutely, man. It's perfect timing to Christmas right around the corner. It's the perfect you gift know, to bring home to your kids another title is. to hang right above their bed, right? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't even have to buy any other gifts because this is going <laughs> on. I'll bring this home, right? You guys, what did you get for me at Christmas? I got the NXT title. <laughs> Santa who? Santa who, dude? That's, that's perfect. Santa, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, and it, it's crazy. So my wife is from Finland and uh, usually oh, nice. go to Finland for Christmas. So they got they do a big too with Santa where, you know, I don't think my daughter's home so I can say <laughs> They got they'll have Santa come to the house. It's their tradition to have Santa actually come to the house and then bring the presents there. So it's right. Great. Maybe I could just give him the title and have him walk in and be like, "Hey, I got something for Daddy here." <laughs> that's a nice piece of hardware. That's not that's yeah, not a gift many kids are going to be getting this year, especially the real no, thing. Not at all. Exactly right. And we're not talking about the toy, the toy ones that you buy from yeah. uh, Walmart or anything. We, yeah, we got the the real deal. <laughs> the real deal. Very nice, yeah. Apollo. I look forward to what you and Braun Breaker coming up on Saturday. NXT deadline, like I said, December 10th, 8 p.m. on Peacock. I look forward to the match. I look forward to the show. Apollo, congrats on all the success, man. I appreciate the time. You're always great to talk to. Man, I really, truly appreciate you. It's an honor to be able to sit down and talk with you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Take care. Absolutely. You too. Big thanks to Apollo for the time. As I mentioned earlier, you can check out our interview and article form as well over on DailyDDT.com and in the video form on YouTube.com backslash WrestleRant. And that being said, let's get into all the topics from this past week in the world of wrestling from WWE, AEW previewing the week to come, the weekend to come, with Final Battle, we have NXT Deadline on Saturday, Winter is coming next Wednesday as well. Mr. Marceau, I know you're bummed about the polls for the year and review awards not being up yet, but what's going on, brother? How are you? I have all three of my windows open for the voting. It's been three. It's been seven days. What the hell's going on? <laughs> Listen, you need. I'm telling you right now. Not stealing the vote. No fake voting. It's only I'm one device. The ballot, folks. None of this bullshit. Where you go on your phone, you go on your tablet, you go on your laptop. It's one device. You can't have three Mr. Marceau's voting. I know. It's me. It's then. It's my other alias and my other <laughs> alias. Three votes. Three separate votes. If you have Molly vote or someone like that, or, or Papa Marcel, for example, that's fine. That's totally fine. But it's got to be. I can't verify that myself. You're gonna lie to me and say you only did it once. But if you do it on three I'm different only devices, vote one. if I if I see that, uh, who's it? Who's someone that you would vote for that would not ordinarily win? If I see Red Velvet win like the Women's Wrestler of the Year, then I know that it, you probably you probably rigged the voting. But well, oh, I'm <laughs> stuffing the ballot for Red Velvet, big fan. Yeah, well, she'll be lucky if she even makes the makes the running for Women's Wrestler of the Year. Yeah, write-ins? Ah, no write-ins, unfortunately, not this year. We have to. Aren't those aren't they being made not illegal? But aren't they getting rid of those now? Wasn't there a vote like this past election to like get rid of write-ins, or was that just Connecticut? 
don't know, maybe it was just Connecticut. I mean, the worst part is sometimes when people write in, they write in, like, people that have, like, this is dumb. So, yeah, I mean, realistically, <laughs> they should get rid of write-ins. I mean, like, if they... Basically, people like if you had write-ins, it's like me putting like an Alexis or Molly, like yeah, yeah, waste of a vote. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm fine with that. Well, you don't want Harambe as the U.S. president? Dumb. <laughs> That's a waste of a vote. It's it's funny, but it's really really dumb. Um, no, I remember I saw the signs when I was going to vote a couple about a month ago. Obviously, during the election, I saw the the no write-in, whatever they were trying to get rid of it or whatever. And honestly, I was when I went to go vote, I didn't. The wording of the question was so confusing to me. I didn't want to vote for the wrong thing. It literally took me just a minute or two to read the question over like three times to fully comprehend what it was trying to ask me. But we'll stop with the politics. We'll move on here with the wrestling stuff. We got a lot of wrestling to talk about, Mister Marceau. Uh, no past shows this past week, that being no pay-per-views or anything, but we got three big shows coming up in the next week. Saturday specifically, we got Final Battle, Ring of Honor's upcoming pay-per-view Saturday afternoon, NXT deadline that night, and next Wednesday is the Winter is Coming edition of Dynamite. So we're going to talk all about that. Uh, before we get to any of that, though, uh, we have a lot to get into as far as you know Raw and Dynamite from this past week. Um, but one quick note, we talked about this briefly before we went live here. I guess they're having tryouts at the... Performance Center this week, uh, WWE that is, uh, four names that stood out, I haven't seen the full list of names, I don't even know if it's been revealed, but um, per Fightful Select and other you know, PW Insider and sources like that, uh, Kylie Ray is there, she is at the PC for this tryout, Casey Navarro from uh, MLW, I know him from the Northeast Independent scene as well, but he's from MLW, he's a great talent, and also Vincent and Dutch from Ring of Honor, uh, Vincent was just recently in Impact as well. Uh, but most notably, he's from Ring of Honor. They were the former Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag Team Champions that Castle and the boys beat back at Death Before Dishonor in July to win the belt. So those are four names among those uh, at the tryouts. I don't know if more people are there of note. Um, it is nice to see they are at least considering more independent talent. That was revealed about a month or two ago in The Observer, I believe, that WWE was kind of waving that notion like no more independent people. Now that Triple H is back in charge, Shawn Michaels in charge of NXT as well, they're kind of bypassing that. Not that they're only signing independent talent. They're still focusing very much on the sports athletes. I've, I've heard a lot about like people they're continuing to sign and college campuses they're going to, which is cool. I think a better balance is ideal. And now we have four notable names from you know Impact and AEW, MLW, Ring of Honor, making a crack at it in WWE. So um, I would assume Kylie Ray is the only one of those four that you're familiar with, right? Correct. So what are your thoughts on her potentially signing with WWE? It, not to say that she'll sign, but the prospect of her being at the tryouts this week. No, I mean, I think she's, I think she's good. I mean, we've seen her pop up in a few promotions. I was just with AEW. I think she was over in impact for a little bit. And now here, I mean, I, she seemingly like wrestled a few months, quit due to mental health issues and then came back and then kind of whole kind of did the whole thing again. So, I mean, if her head's in it and she's in the right place, I mean, I think it'd be a good sign. I don't think it's like division breaking, but, uh, I mean, I think it would be nice to get, like, a more of a veteran down in NXT. I mean, they're kind of limited on the veterans in the roster. So, I mean, she's been in the in the business for a little bit. I, I, I don't think it would be a horrible signing, but I would, I'd also kind of be cautious because, I mean, like I said, the last few companies she's been in, it's been, like, a few months that she left and then resurfaced again. So, I wouldn't, like, break my back trying to sign her, but if they could get her and she's back on track... Uh, and everything's good, I, I, I think it's a, it would be a good signing. Yeah, especially on the female side, too, especially since I think Roxanne Perez was, like, the last woman they signed, and I could be wrong, not including NXT UK talent, that they signed 
that was like had some independent experience. She was a former Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. They signed her, and she's obviously done very well for herself. Um, like you mentioned, Kylie Ray is good. I said this earlier when we were before we hit record here. I think she's good. We'll see. I don't know. It's not the best track record. Listen, I understand the reasoning. I think it's mental health stuff or for other reasons. She hasn't completely gone into it. Um, she's just kind of referenced it on social media. It's not really my business, but listen, if as long as she can commit to it, if she is to get signed, if she can commit to the the uh, full-time schedule of NXT or whatever it would be, I would assume she would start in NXT, then good. I think they could use her. So it's more a matter of whether she decides to stick around if she feels like she can do it because... I mean, you mentioned she was in AEW three years ago. She appeared to be one of their premier signings. She didn't win that four-way at the first Double or Nothing show that we were at. She was in it. She didn't win, though. Um, but she was set to face, I think, the Bunny at the following month's like Fighter Fest show, and then she was not there, and then she obviously announced her release soon after. She went to Impact later that year, about a year later. She went to Impact. She was in the NWA for a little while. So she's been all over the place, and she's kind of skipped out on each of them. So we'll see if WWE's any different. Not a bad signing if they pick her up. Casey Navarro was someone I think you're going to be very familiar with very soon, I promise you, and could be a fan of. He gives me big Carmelo Hayes vibes, and Carmelo Hayes is another one that comes from the Northeast Wrestling Independent scene, and he's fantastic, obviously. So, Navarro is great. I'm very happy to see him getting signed. And then Vincent and Dutch, we'll see. I've heard they could be involved, or people were speculating they could be involved in the Bray Wyatt stuff. I don't know how true that is, but they would fit perfectly in that little universe of Brays, or even if they go to NXT, they'd be a good pickup there as well. So, we'll see. Um, on the WWE front, we'll talk about Raw first before we get to Dynamite. Not the most eventful episode of Raw on Monday. Um, I, I, honestly, overall, it was a pretty boring fucking show. They spent a lot of the show in the poker room, which had potential, and I didn't think the segments were bad. Some of the moments were pretty funny. Um, it was something out of the ordinary for Raw, the JBL Poker Invitational. It led to two matches in the ring that really didn't have much consequence, that being the OC against Corbin and Alpha Academy. I mean, it was well-wrestled, but did anyone really give a shit? No. Uh, they had Dominic versus Akira come from that. Fine, again, it was whatever. No one really cared. They did Theory and Ali for the United States Championship. Again, who gives a shit? Dolph Ziggler's back. Can you possibly muster up enough shit, Mr. Marceau? Possibly muster up enough excitement or interest for yet another Dolph Ziggler return? And I get why he was why he's going after Theory. I mean, the last time we saw Ziggler on the show and a lot of people probably forget, was when Theory failed the cash-in, and the following week, he went after Dolph in their match. He got DQ'd intentionally, Theory didn't, beat the shit out of Dolph, and we haven't seen Dolph since. And he was gone for, like, what, two or three weeks, which isn't very long. So he wants revenge, cool. I really just don't give a shit. I would rather they just focus on Rollins or whoever in the U.S. title picture, and don't muddy the waters with Ali, who's booked like a complete loser, and uh, Ziggler as well. I just feel like that's a total waste. No, I mean, I... I... See, like, I don't know, like, maybe because I just watched 8 to 10. I honestly didn't hate Raw. I said it to my dad. He's like, yeah, I didn't think Raw was that good. I was like, I I, I only watch 8 to 10 normally mm-hmm. and then catch on video and everything. So I honestly don't, didn't think it was that bad of a show. I mean, if I watched through 11, I think I'd probably be like you and be like, let's slog on. I actually didn't mind 8 to 10. I thought mm-hmm. it was a fine show. Like you said, I mean, Ollie getting another title shot, like... How many title shots is this guy going to get? He's a fucking... He hasn't won any... That's another thing. It's like, he's getting title shots... He loses every match he has, but then Bobby and Seth have to face each other for a title shot. Like, why don't they just get a free one? Exactly. Like, I don't know. It's stuff like that that I hate. And just, Ollie's lost so many times and loses again here. Like, can we just move on from Ollie? Yeah, like, Ziggler, I get it because, like you said, he was the one that got beat up by Theory. So, I mean, he's going to get it. He's going to get his come back or he's going to get, like, his comeuppance. Like, yeah. Try, try to give Theory's comeuppance, but, like, 
I just don't like when they start intertwining like different stories. It just seems like, like you said, it's like mudding the waters. Like we know it's going to be Bobby and Seth, but then they bring in Ali for a title shot. Like we know he's not going to win because there's other things going on. And then Ziggler's back. Like, is he going to face theory after it's just, I don't know. It muddies the waters. Like you said, it just kind of, it's just, I don't like that. I think it's kind of like sloppy storytelling and booking just to get people on the show. But I mean, theory winning here, not a big deal. The poker stuff was fine. Like you said, OC and, and, uh, Oh, Corbin and Alpha Academy. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, I like the Alpha Academy, but they win two weeks in a row and now they can't fucking sniff a win. OC. I mean, does anyone care? (laughs) I I don't honestly, not right now. I mean, Molly cared when they came back. They've literally done nothing with them. All they've done is lose the judgment day. I just don't care at this point. Um, I thought the beginning of the show was good with the bloodline and stuff. Uh, the triple threats were fun. I thought, um, but like I said, it wasn't like the most newsworthy show. Um, but I mean, I don't think it was the worst show I've ever seen. But I, I definitely understand that the three hours is really what it drops off. It is, it's just, yeah. It just—I feel like the third hour, just getting to the third hour, that's what's like just random stuff to fill time. Like I thought the poker stuff was decent, but I don't know. I really hope—I mean, I don't think it's going to ever happen. But I'm hoping when the contracts come up, they they can find some fucking way to get raw down to two hours. The third hour is just so brutal. It's just—it's like a clear difference between SmackDown and Raw. Like, SmackDown's so easy to breeze through. Mm-hmm. Raw is just like a slog at some points. Like you said, I think they do have some decent stuff in the first two hours, but they also have some, like, fodder in there just to kind of keep the show going. Yeah. I mean, it, I, realistically, you'd want to have more impactful stuff, but I, I just, the third hour's killer. I feel like if you took the show on Monday and you just scaled it to two hours, it would have been a lot more, it would have been a lot more enjoyable show. I agree. That's exactly it. I've I've always said, and you have always said as well. I think it would be better as a two-hour show. That's not a you know an unpopular opinion. A lot of people would agree. Um, I've noticed the trend in recent weeks where the first hour is typically great. Like I think the first hour last week was fantastic. Like they had Becky come back, and they did the Judgment Day stuff, and they did Mia and Rhea, and then like the Owens and Bloodline segment. It was excellent. This week, same thing. Similarly, um, they had the first women's triple threat match. Um, they had the tag team title match as well, which we'll you know talk about in a second. It was a very good first hour. The second hour is okay. And the third hour, again, the matches I just mentioned, Tazawa and Dominic and then the OC six-man tag, were all in the third hour. And it didn't help that other the second women's triple threat, for whatever reason, was absolutely awful. It just was not a good match at all. I, I'm not really sure why, because all three women are good to great. So that was very surprising, which we'll get into. But yeah, the, the third hour has got to go. Um, Triple H is vocally publicly expressed interest in making the show two hours before. Not since he took over. This was years ago. He said it on Stone Cold's podcast a long time ago, like in 2015. Like, you know, I think the show would be better manageable. It's two hours, or we try our best with three, whatever. But two would be ideal. So I don't know. Maybe there is something they can do to make it two hours again. um, Because the ratings are in the toilet anyway, so it wouldn't hurt. But yeah, I don't know. Any excitement or any real buzz that Triple H brought back to Raw when he took over. I don't want to say it's completely gone, because the show is better now, definitely. I mean, that's not even a question uh, with Triple H in charge than when Vince was in charge even six months ago. But at the same time, though, I do think they they need to do a better job of uh, making that third hour more interesting or more exciting and not making it feel like a total slog, like you said. Um, But like I said, they did open the show with the undisputed WWE Tag Team title match. This was weird, because they advertised the Usos against Matt Riddle and Elias. 
And then at the very beginning of the show, they showed a clip from before the show that Elias was attacked backstage by the Usos and Solo and Sammy by the Bloodline. So they replaced them instead by with Kevin Owens. I'm not really sure why they wouldn't just put Kevin Owens in that spot to begin with, because if you want to draw people to watch the show, Elias and Riddle challenging for the tag titles isn't exactly going to bring in thousands of more viewers. I'm not sure how much that would have changed with Owens being in there, but that was a much more appealing match on paper than what they you know advertised originally. But it was a good match. Probably not one you'll remember a week or two from now, but it was good. The Usos won, still tag team champions. They're defending the titles tomorrow night as well from when we talk right now on Friday. Um, it's going to be Usos and then Sheamus and Butch replacing Drew, who was supposed to be in there. He's not clear to compete. I don't know the reason why. I think maybe someone reported it. I don't remember. But he's not clear to compete. I think he's expected back by the end of the month. So what do you think they're going for right now with the Usos and these defenses on both Raw and SmackDown? Do you think this is just paving the way for Roman to defend against Owens from Raw? And then I've been saying I would prefer to have Sheamus in there as well to make it a triple threat. Um, Because if they're giving away or they were going to give away Sheamus and Drew tomorrow night... I'm not really sure what else they were planning for the Usos at the Rumble, because I still think it should be Owens and Zayn taking the titles at WrestleMania, and I know you feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to see... I honestly, we talked about this last week, I'm so out on Owens and, and Roman again. I, I'd rather just be Sheamus, or if you're going to do Owens, you add Sheamus, because, I, I mean, I, I don't want to see another Owens and Reigns match. I'd rather just do a triple threat on mm. it. Yeah. I think Sheamus is over right now. Like I said, I'd, I'd rather just do him and, and, and Roman, but if if we're going to get Owens involved, I'd rather just be a triple threat, honestly. No, I agree, and especially since I may have mentioned this last week, but Roman really hasn't had a lot of multi-man matches since he became, became champion two years ago. He won the title, the Universal title, in a multi-man match, but I think the only other multi-man match he's had as far as like defending the championship, not including war games and tag matches was when he faced Brian and Edge of Mania last year. I think that's it. I think he's had all of singles matches otherwise, so it would put the title more in jeopardy. He wouldn't lose, I wouldn't think, and nor should he, obviously. But uh, it would be a fresher match than doing Owens again, who, let's face it, I know they just gave Ali a fucking title shot and he's been booked like a loser, so this isn't really surprising, but I'm not really sure what Owens will do or has done to earn an opportunity. I know he beat Jey Uso last week, but... He also lost the tag team title match this week. He lost. He got pinned in war games. You know, he was off TV prior to that point. I wouldn't personally put him in that spot, but, you know, that's just me. And he would also eat the loss anyway, so I don't really think it's worth it. But you mentioned the number one contenders matches next week. We got two next week. You, you mentioned Rollins and Bobby. The winner of that match will face um, Theory at a later date for the United States Championship. I would assume they do it before the Rumble. The Rumble's not until late January. They'll probably do it for, like, the end of the month or the first Raw of the year or whatever, maybe even the following week for the uh, near Christmas edition of Raw. But it's going to be Rollins and Bobby next Monday. Who do you think wins that? Because I think it's going to be Rollins and uh, Bobby. Uh, I We'll talk about Bobby in a second, but I think Rollins wins this match, though. I think Rollins wins as well. Yeah. So with Bobby, they mentioned Brock. Um, do you think they do Brock? They, uh, Rollins was like, oh, yeah, you know, lost to Brock and blah, blah, blah. You've been off your rocker ever since. Do you think they're planting the seeds for Bobby and Brock 3 at the Rumble? Or do you think they wait until Mania? Because I know there's been rumblings. Oh, they might do a Hell in the Cell a hell in the cell match at the Rumble. It's like, okay, cool. That's a cool attraction and all. I'm just not really sure what you would do with Bobby and Brock and Mania instead. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you just, I mean, I would probably just wait to WrestleMania. I feel like that's such a big match. You could wait to WrestleMania. If anything, I feel like you'd have them both in the Rumble. Maybe Bobby throws out Brock. Exactly, or yeah. Versa, and then we kind of get like a big fight after the like Brock gets pissed and pulls Bobby out and then he costs Bobby the win too and then 
we go on to WrestleMania. So I, I wouldn't do it. I would kind of flesh it out a little bit more. I mean, Brock's not on TV. I feel like you can you can flesh this out a little bit longer, and I would just wait to WrestleMania. I feel like it's a big enough match. Yeah, I think you can come up with a way to have Bobby lose here, protect him in defeat, and then just have him go on a tear until the Rumble. He wants to win the Rumble. That's his only way to get back in a title picture is to win the Rumble, and then you have Brock come back, and Brock goes after him. They eliminate each other or whatever. So, no, I agree. I would just do it there because if you do it at the Rumble, which, again, we're going to get it, obviously, which is fine by me. Um, I just don't know what you do with Brock instead, what you build up for him like within two months before Mania. That makes as much sense because Brock doesn't really have many viable opponents left in the company that he hasn't already beaten, especially. So I would just go back to Brock and Bobby and Mania and not blow it off with the Rumble, personally. The other number one contenders match, as we found out on this week's Raw, is going to be Bailey and Alexa Bliss next Monday. Winner gets a Raw Women's Championship opportunity again at a later date. So Bailey beat Asuka and Rhea Ripley and a triple threat to earn her opportunity. And then Alexa Bliss beat Nikki Cross and Becky Lynch in another triple threat to earn her opportunity. That triple threat was not good. Um, They just did not click at all. There were a lot of botched spots from all three women. It just was a fucking... Specifically from Nikki and Becky. Um, Alexa was the odd woman out in that one, and she ended up winning the whole match. The way they did it was fine. I liked the Becky and Bailey promo exchange on on Monday. We talked about it last week. I really liked the idea of Becky and Bailey having a non-title feud. It makes sense. The problem is that, I, I got a good fucking laugh out of this, I'm sure you did too, when Becky was like, oh yeah, damage control's been very successful since I've been gone, and I had a good fucking hearty laugh at that one, because they've been nothing but losers in Becky's absence. Um, but I like the idea of the feud between the two, I'm glad they're not doing it next week, I fear they might, they're waiting on that, they might wait, and I don't know if they'll do it at the Rumble, they'll probably just do it on Raw before then. I like that, but Bailey. Needless to say, does not need to and should not win this upcoming match. I mean, she's already gotten, what, three matches with Bianca? She lost two of them. Uh, the ones that really mattered on pay-per-view anyway. I just no need to revisit that. She already beat her in the last woman standing match. It's pretty obvious Alexa Bliss will win. And we said this last week, I'm totally fine with that. Alexa Bliss never got her opportunity a couple months ago when she asked for it and she earned it. And they never really did anything to give her the chance. And, um... Yeah, I think it's a fresh match, too, and maybe you can kind of weave that into Alexa Bliss turning heel. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, just basically have the three-way with Becky, Nikki, and Alexa unfold. Obviously, Damage Control got involved. I mean, you're going to have Be- Be- Bailey and, and Alexa next week. I assume Becky gets involved somehow and costs Bailey to win. Alexis win. Alexa wins, and then we get her and Bianca. I assume that either, I would assume either Raw or Royal Rumble, so we'll see for that. But no, I, I, I have Alexa winning here. I mean, she's still teasing kind of the dark Alexa. She pulled out the sister Abigail, pop Mr. Mar- pop, Papa Marcel big. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, he literally, I said, watch Raw. He goes, yeah, I see Alexa did the sister Abigail. I'm like, oh, yeah. I saw. I rolled so, my eyes. I thought it was cool, but at the same time, I'm worried because I, I keep missing it in real time. I'm probably just not looking when it happens. But when they flash the Wyatt logo on screen, it's been happening for weeks and months now where they do this during Alexa's segments. Yeah. Um, Listen, we I think we said this last week. I'm all for turning Alexa Bliss heel. She's better as a heel. She's boring as a babyface. She's over, but she's boring. She's better as a heel. She still has the fucking doll with her. I have no interest, sub-zero interest, in her bringing back the horror movie character right now. Specifically if it's aligned with Bray. I mean, maybe if it's not aligned with Bray, it would be worse, because that was when it was at its worst last year, when after Bray left, and she was still doing it. All respect to her, she was trying her best with it, but it was fucking awful. Um, that what they had her doing was terrible. Maybe it would be better under Triple H. 
But why is it so difficult to just have her go back for the first time in, what, three or four years to go have her go back to being the Five Feet of Fury Little Miss Bliss that she was, you know, originally, that she was in her, you know, uh, she was in her element in? I just don't understand that. No, I completely agree. I think the, like, the Little Miss Bliss Five Feet of Fury, like, that was, like, kind of her prime. I don't... I mean, if she's going to be, like, spitting black blood again, like, I'm all set. Yeah, exactly. I don't mind a darker character. I feel like it can work. It just needs to be tweaked and be less, like, supernatural. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think she... I think even if it was more of a darker Alexa was, I think it could work. But, like like I said, I don't want her, like, puking blood or black vomit or fucking doing supernatural (laughs) shit. I'm fine with with her going heel and being darker. I just don't want, like, the fiend-esque, like, part of the character. Yeah, no, I know you were more favorable towards the character than I was when she was doing it, but uh, yeah, we we can both agree on that, is that she's got to stop doing the dumb supernatural bullshit. It was awful. Some of those matches with, like, Shayna specifically and Naya back in the day, and I say back in the day, it feels like an eternity ago. It was only a year and a half ago. Were just awful, and specifically because nothing of what she did, but what they were having her do was just not good. It was not good TV, so we've really seen a lot less of that garbage since Triple H took over, so again, I hope that they don't, they don't run that back, but I guess we'll see what they have in store for Alexa Bliss and Bray, if they'll be aligned again, or if this is just an avenue to turn Alexa Bliss heel. Maybe it's Uncle Howdy fucking with her, and it's not Bray, it's the other alter ego, I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, transitioning to Dynamite, which I didn't think was a much stronger show on Wednesday, I actually really like this show. Uh, before we get into the show itself, though, I do have to mention this. Fightful Select reported yesterday that the reason why Mira was not on TV is not an injury-related reason, he is not hurt, he is healthy, He's not all filming anything. There is no other reason why he's not on TV than the fact that they simply have nothing for him creatively. And he is eager to return reportedly. This does not surprise me. We have heard that we have been speculating this for months. This is just confirmation of what we've been already, what we kind of already knew. And it really is. There is really no excuse, dude, to not have Miro on the show. And I know I you we could ask each other what would we do with Miro right now. At least having him on the show doing something would be better than not having him on the show doing anything. Especially because he spent the last better part of the past year on the shelf. Excuse me, on the shelf with an injury, and he was also acting and shit. So he hasn't been on the show really at all, and he's healthy right now. And they could use him. I don't know, the TNT title picture, even the fucking All-Atlantic shit. They can have him take the belt back off of uh, Orange Cassidy. I know Orange Cassidy's doing well with that, but listen, to not have him on the show, there's literally no excuse, dude. I just, again, I don't understand that either. Okay, I just, yeah, I mean, I saw the report <laughs> and laughed. And we were, like, literally been saying for, like, months, like, is he her? Like, what's going on? No, he's fine. He's just hanging out at home. I just, I don't know. He's hanging out at home playing video games, probably, as he was a couple of years ago when he got released from WWE and, uh, it's just, I don't say that with just anyone, because we could say, oh, like, why aren't, why don't they have this guy on TV? If they're a good talent, but there's nothing for him, I can, I can understand that. Miro, though, is great. He's a step above, and what I don't understand is that he's not just or- any ordinary dude. He's a guy that is an exceptional talent, and had, his, had a very good run up until he disappeared from the show. He had a very good run in AEW. Uh, he was the TNT champion for, what, like six months, and he had a great run with that belt. He had a lot of very good matches, and 2021 was like his year in a lot of ways, and as soon as he dropped that belt to Sammy, he went on to do fucking nothing in the company. So, I know, he, again, he got hurt and whatever, but there's really no reason why he isn't on the show. This has to be just another example, right, of how AEW needs to scale back the roster, or at least do a better job of kind of cycling people in and out. 
Yeah, but it seems like they can seemingly just keep signing more and more people, so... Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. They signed Takeshka, which I'm fine with, but who else did they sign? Juice Robinson? I mean, come on. Robinson, they just signed... Uh, oh, well, uh, A.R. Fox as well. A.R. Fox, like, I just feel like they keep signing people, like... I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. But, I mean, I feel like, like you said, Mira was doing good with the TNT belt. He was seemingly one of the better push, like, ex-WWE guys, and then it kind of fell off a cliff. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, listen, I'm happy for all these people getting contracts. I think AR Fox is great, but the problem, and I heard, actually read this in an interview that Josh Alexander, the current Impact World Champion, Ethan Page's old partner from Impact, he said this in an interview with Chris Van Vliet, like, today or yesterday that he had a chance to go to AEW, and I thought he hit the nail right on that. He didn't bury the company or anything, but he was like, listen, I just want to go in there and fucking wrestle and do my thing and showcase my skills. There's a lot of people, he said, that when he watches the show, go in there, have a great match, we'll have a great showing on the show, and then they get relegated to dark, or you just don't see him on TV after that. And that's honestly what we said last week is probably going to happen with AR Fox. He had a very good match last week with Samoa Joe for the title. We will probably not see him on the show again for a little while. I would love to be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But they just sign these people because it's like, oh, we had a very good showing in dark that one time. He deserves it. But, like, if you're not going to do anything with this guy, then why? Listen, I'm happy AR Fox is making money. But just as a fan, it's frustrating because I want to see these people actually on the fucking show doing something more consistently. So, I don't know. A.R. Fox, I can understand the guy's great. Juice Robinson, I don't really understand that one at all. I mean, Listen, I'm sure he's a good guy. I know he's married to Tony Storm. You want to make Tony happy. You want to have the couples together. Cool. He's a free agent. Unless he's relegated to the Ring of Honor, which I get the sense he might be, Juice Robinson is a completely pointless signing. I mean, again, I'm sure he's a good guy. He is a good talent. He's not bad. But on a roster with as much exceptional talent as you have... Signing yet another guy that will not make a difference to me makes no makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I saw it and it was just like Jesus. If they just keep signing people, yeah, that just I'm sure he'll challenge for the championship. We'll we'll get to the final battles the momentarily, but that one I really was just left scratching my head. Like, listen again, I'm glad he's making money. I'm glad he has a job. I'm just saying, as a viewer, it's like, is he really going to make much of a difference for Ring of Honor, especially or even AEW TV? The answer is probably not. But another AEW news, we did get confirmation, not only over the weekend from Fightful Select and PW Insider, but from Tony Khan himself yesterday in the final battle conference call that Regal is indeed on his way out. Not yet. Um, his contract expires at the end of the month, but long story short, he wanted to go back to be with his son in his golden years and coach. You know, obviously he's very close with Triple H. He would know that if he left AEW, he would have a job there. That's no surprise in WWE. Um, his son, Charlie Dempsey, currently works for NXT. He was on the show, I think, this past week, beating Hank Walker, actually. And the guy's very fucking good, um, just like his father. So he wanted to be back with his son. He had the option to leave at the end of the year. <laughs> I don't know if he, like, his contract was originally scheduled to be up at the end of the year or if he had an out clause. I don't know if Tony clarified that. But they did have an option to renew, Tony did. He could have just automatically rolled it over, and he probably would have. But after thinking it over and the whole situation with his mom he mentioned, who was sick, thankfully he's doing better, and that whole family aspect of it. He granted him his release, conditional release, to where when he goes back to WWE, which is basically confirmed at this point, he pretty much has spoiled it right there, um, he cannot appear on television. I would assume until 2024 is what I've heard, um, so he can't appear on TV for all of 2023, but again, that could change. Maybe it's March, maybe it's 2025, I have no fucking clue, but th that's a bummer, but at least he'll be back with his son, so... Regal, indeed, on his way out from AEW. They wrote him out last night on the show. I mean, they wrote him out last week, but they had him cut that promo last night where he was like, oh, yeah, Blackpool Club, you know, Blackpool Combat Club doesn't need me. 
and uh, they'll be better without me. I wanted to teach them a lesson to always have eyes in the back of their head. It was a bit of a convoluted, honestly, explanation, but <laughs> I was like, okay, this is a bit of a stretch that he recorded this two weeks ago, and he's like, oh, if you see this, something bad might have happened to me. I'm like, okay. I, I feel like I'm watching a fucking, like, Pirates of the Caribbean movie or some shit, or, like, fucking National Treasure or something, but whatever. You know, they wrote him out effectively. It was fine, so... Yeah, what are your thoughts? I know we talked about it last week, but it's official. Regal is on his way out and headed back to WWE. Yeah, I mean, once he got attacked by MJF, I mean, I saw the rumors. I kind of put two and two together. Uh, seemingly, he's going to be back with WWE at the end of the month, it sounds like. I think it's a, he can't be on TV for a year after he left, so I'm okay. assuming 2023 would just be a wash. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think it's probably a mixture if he wants to be back with WWE. Uh, he wants to be with his kid, obviously. Like you said, he's, his son's down in NXT now. Obviously, Triple H, head of the company now. So, it's I mean, he's been, literally been with Triple H since NXT started, which, I mean, it's been almost 10 years at this point. So, um, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, I think, his like you said, his answer is so convoluted. Like, oh, like, they don't need me, but, like, watch out, I'm like, <laughs> like what? But, um, no, I mean, it is what it is. I, I think... It's good for I'm glad I'm glad he actually got his release. I mean, there's plenty of people that wanted to go and they wouldn't let go. And I mean, Regal's probably a little different. Like you said, he's a little bit different. He's not a talent. And I mean, he is. He was a talent for AEW, but he's not a wrestler. I yeah. Mean, and like like you said, if he's not, it's not like they're gonna let go of Miro and he'll be on Raw next week. Like there's there's some conditionals in there. It's like there's no reason for Miro to leave if he wasn't gonna be to go somewhere else. At least Regal will be a coach and hope and not have to be on TV. It's not like he really was on TV much to be in with on NXT anyways, but yeah, yeah I mean, I think it's good for both, both parties, I guess, and now he's back to WWE. I mean, it is important to note, Tony also did say he can't grant every family conditional related release. So, I know Regal wanted to be back with his son. Regal's in a spot where, you know, he's respected enough and he has a good enough relationship with Tony Khan to where he's like, okay, and Tony wasn't like, all right, I'll give it to you. Like, he wasn't this, like, pushover. He's like, all right, yeah, I'll let you go. Like, he said he really had to think about it. And he should. I mean, like he said, he really had to fact. He had to change months and months of TV. I assume Regal probably would have been with MJF on the show. And they just had to speak. Like, they just had to fast forward to the point where it's like, all right, let's 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 get him off. So, I mean, they knew about this in October, he said. So they willingly had him on TV very heavily going into full gear. Had him factor into the finish of the main event. I mean, listen, he did put over MJF on the way out, so I can't complain too much. They knew what they were doing. Uh, the explanation last night was a little wonky, but, you know, they tried. Uh, do you think Blackpool Combat Club is going to be over, at least if they rename it? Because they weren't exactly clear with that last night. Moxley was like, oh, you know, we'll stick together no matter what the name is. I mean, I feel like the the group will probably stick together, but if Claudio goes to <laughs> Jericho Appreciation Society and Danielson's off doing his own thing, maybe not. Yeah, we'll see. Like you said, I think it's more, uh, we'll see after Saturday. I mean, if, or if if Claudio leaves, I mean, at that point, what's it, just Wheeler, Dean, and Wheeler, Danielson, Moxley, yeah. and, and Danielson? He's doing his own thing anyway, so, I don't know. We'll see. I think if, if, if Claudio's gone, I think it's probably the end of the group. Yeah, uh, we'll see. But it, it's interesting, because like I said, they can't grant every family. That's another thing, like I said, because people are going to probably look at that and say, well, if you're going to do that for Regal, why can't you do it for... Keith Lee, put him back with his wife and with me and WWE, it's like, okay. I mean, listen, it's a little bit different, but you, it, is, it does create a question, though. It does create a question. What is fair? What's not fair as far as the releases go? So, like you mentioned, Miro and people like that, I'm sure there have been people who have asked for their release and then have not had it granted. I think that's even been confirmed. We just don't know the names. Malachi Black might have been one of them, and honestly, that's honestly a very good example because Malachi Black's wife is in WWE. 
Now, it's not his son. Does that make a difference? I don't know. It raises a lot of questions. I, I think it's fine, but I could see people then arguing, well, if you're going to do that for Regal, why wouldn't you do it for someone like Malachi Black, who, you know, he said he had other stuff going on. What those problems were, we have no idea. It's not our business. Not that it doesn't matter, but if he had some issues and he felt like being back with his wife would help those issues, I don't know. It's kind of related to the Regal thing. It's not that much different. So it is something to keep an eye on because I could see this maybe not coming back to bite AEW, but I, I don't know. It is interesting. It kind of creates a bit of a gray area as far as what's fair, what's not fair, who earns their release, who deserves their release to be back with their family because it's like, oh, we're a family-first company. It's like, okay, a lot of the families of people in AEW are in WWE because they got hired back there, so... I don't know, it's interesting. Uh, but time will tell as far as that goes. From Dynamite, though, I actually really, really like the Ricky Starks MJF promo. They really haven't had a lot of time to build this up. I mean, they did, but they haven't really focused on it until, you know, last night. What were your thoughts on the exchange between those two? Because I thought it was terrific. I thought it was a good promo. I mean, I think it was good for, on both ends. Um, I guess my only negative would be, like, I like Ricky Starks, but, like, they basically try to make him, like, zero to hero in one week. I wish it kind of built it up a little bit more. I mean... He's never, he never had mic time. He's barely ever on the show. And then this week, he's, like, cutting a skating promo on MGF, and everyone's going crazy. Like, I thought it was a great promo, but I wish they built it up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I know winter coming is next week, but, like, I mean, you knew he was in the tournament. He was barely on TV. He barely cut him. I wish, like, they kind of showcased it a little bit more. And then I feel like it would have even gotten even over bigger than just kind of what the promo was last night. If we got a little bit more, saw a little bit more of him, I think people would have been more behind him. I think it was just... A great promo. I mean, I don't think he's going to win, but I think it was a great promo to get him over. But I kind of wish, like, they maybe fleshed it out a little bit longer and we got this more of a build into this this match instead of, like, oh, we have one week left. Let's cut a great, like, cut a great promo and people will be interested. Yeah, no, they really should have spent more time on this. The issue is that it was coming out of full gear and they were focusing on the regal stuff, so... They were trying to do multiple things at once. I mean, listen, the Dynamite Diamond Ring really doesn't fucking matter at all. They're still doing the gimmick, um... It's a winner-take-all match next week. I was a little confused, because in the past, the way they've done it is, you have to win a battle royal to earn the opportunity, and they did that last night, but, like, usually it's, like, the final two people in the battle royal then face off for the ring, but now they're having MJF defend the ring, and he's also the champion, so it's a little confusing, but we'll get to Winter's coming a little bit later on. But you mentioned, I think what you mentioned there can kind of carry over to the rest of the show. Like, as far as stuff that was, I thought was very good, but I think could have benefited from more of a build. For example, I thought Samoa Joe and Darby Allen had a fucking awesome match. I really liked the story they told there. I thought Allen looked great in defeat. I thought the finish was great. It was exactly what I was hoping for when he goes for the coffin drop and Joe catches him in the choke. Perfectly executed. Um, again, that was a match I think could have used more of a build than Darby Allen spinning out a 10-second promo on Rampage last Friday to challenge Joe to a match. Same thing with FTR and the Acclaimed. I'm glad we got a clean finish. I was worried the gun club would run in or some shit. We got a great match, clean finish, acclaimed win. But it's that's the match. Like, if they run it back down the road, it's not going to mean as much because they just gave away their first match on TV and it ended clean. So, I feel like, again, what were your thoughts on Joe and Allen and Acclaimed and FTR and the fact that neither match was really built up in advance, which you don't always need a big build, but for matches like those, I feel like those could be pay-per-view worthy and they just blew right past them and now they're not going to mean as much if they go back to it anytime in the near future. No, yeah, I thought both matches are good. Could it definitely use a build? Like you said, giving away on free TV, I mean, I don't know if that was just because the ratings have been down, so they're trying to give away big matches, but like FTR have been number one contenders for like seven months and they finally get a a tag title match, they lose clean, like you said, so it's not even like they have a bitch, like, they lost their claim clean, um, 
I mean, I thought it was a great match, but it's kind of like you said, it won't make the rematch a special, and it's like, where do you go with them now? I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like they have a gripe or have a reason to go back for the titles. I mean, they lost clean, so we'll see. Same with Darby. I mean, I like Darby. I feel like 2022 has been like kind of like a down year for him. I mean, he's been all over the pay-per-views and winning, but like on TV himself, like, I feel like he's barely ever on Dynamite. Um, he was on here losing again. Um but, I mean, I didn't see Jeff Jarrett last night, so I guess that was a positive. <laughs> he was on the show. They showed him watching the match, the tag title match from backstage. So, very briefly, but he was on the show, though. No, I, I must have missed that. Yeah, you, you were lucky. Um, there's still, I can't, I, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, this is, this is what I don't get. They did FTR and the Acclaimed on TV with, like, a five-day build because they announced it on Rampage last week. But, like, they're building to Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal getting a title shot? Like, it's ass-backwards booking. That's what I don't understand. So I wasn't a big fan of that, but on on the note of FTR, I'll mention this real quick. Um, I don't know if this came out before we spoke last week or after. I think it was after, but I don't remember. But FTR did an interview, or specifically Dax Harwood did an interview with Fightful, and he mentioned that his con- he was very upfront about it. Their contracts are up in the spring. I think either April or May, um, or maybe March. I don't know. They signed in April of 2020, so their three-year deals are up very soon. And I think, I don't know if he said it in the interview or if it was later reported, but they are interested in maybe just letting their deals run out and just entering the independent circuit and like entering free agency and not signing with a major promotion. Now, again, they are the current Ring of Honor, IWGP, and AAA Tag Team Champions. We'll get to the Ring of Honor titles a little bit later on because they are defending those on Saturday. Um, Based on the fact they lost clean last night, they could be dropping the tag titles on Saturday. I know their contracts don't expire for another few months. I don't know. I just is it a situation where like you promised them the AEW tag titles to make them stay, or does Tony just say, "Oh, if I know you're not committed to me, then I'm not going to push you anymore." I mean, they haven't really been pushed anyway. Let's face it. On the AEW front, um, I don't know. I I think there's a very good chance they might leave AEW if they feel like they're creatively stifled, and they're not on the show enough, they're not really getting enough opportunities, and they very well may just go unsigned for a little while and could go back to WWE down the road. Now, their division is pretty, you know, it, it's not exactly exciting either overall. Um, that would be a risk to go back there as well. But under Triple H, they would be better booked, I'm sure, than they would be uh, under Vince. So what were your whole thoughts on the FTR situation? Yeah, I mean, I saw that interview. I saw, like, what they were talking about. I mean, I think it's one of those things, like you said, like they've been clearly the best tag team on AEW. They're barely on TV. Um They've been tagged number one contenders for months while other teams just get random shots that they haven't got. They finally get their one shot. They lose clean on TV. Um, they have the ring of honor belts. They have the AAA belts, IWGP, whatever. But, I mean, at the end of the day, what does that really, like, that doesn't really do anything for, like, EW or them, I guess, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Like, it's just, like, it's basically, like, here's another title because you're not going to get these other ones. So, I mean, I think losing it here... I think they could lose the belts on Saturday, and then there's just one, or they just have the other two belts. I mean, they're kind of honestly meaningless at this point. But um, I think it's one of those things, like you said, I feel like it could be like a WWE thing, like, oh, you're not going to resign with us? Well, we'll take the belts off you and then not feature you. So when your contracts are up, you're not as hot as you were. Like, I know what you're saying. It's like, it's kind of like we're going to break you down a little bit before you leave, so it's not like a huge loss. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. No, no, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, I mean,. It's not a massive loss. I mean, it is a ma- massive loss for AEW in the sense where they'd be losing a top tag team, but it's like, I don't know. They're it's not-, not like they're all over the show. It's like, yeah, like yeah. What- imagine like WWE lost the Usos tomorrow. I mean, they're literally all, sure. all over the TV. Like, that would be a huge loss if they're on 
Raw, SmackDown, every pay-per-view, like, they're all over the place. So, like, yeah, they lost on the Mar, that'd be a big deal because they're featured so much. With F- FTR, like, they are a great team, and I think no, no one can deny that, but it's not like they're, like, a fixture every week on the show. They're barely on it. Yeah, that's the problem. I would say that they, sh- obviously, you would agree, they should be. That's the issue. They're yes. not on the show enough, and they, they're worth, for as hot of a team as they are, and they've had such a great year, for AEW especially, that the fact that they're not on the show more and they're not a hotter act in the sense that they're not like they don't they have momentum. No, it's it's a weird thing because they do win a lot and whatever they're on the show like a decent amount, but not as much as they should be. Their worth, like you said, should be higher to AEW than it is right now. I think that's what I'm trying to say. So come, yeah, the, I agree. Yeah, so like come the contract expiration, it should be like this is a no brainer. We have to resign them. We really should be throwing top money at them to stay. When WWE was throwing top money at them, it was honestly it's the same thing with like with WWE. They threw top money at them because they just they had the money to do so and they were like throwing around seven hundred fifty thousand dollars and they turned it down wisely, which was the best call for them at the time. Um, you know, Tony Khan can do the same thing. He might feel he might not feel the need to do so because they've been booked. Tony Khan put them in a position to where they're not as valuable to the company as they should be. So I don't know. I don't know why these major companies don't see what's in FTR that we all do. I just. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe just no, don't. I think, I think if they went back to WWE, Triple H would know what to do with them. I mean, they were great <laughs> yeah, no, NXT. I, I I think they'd fit right back in. No, I think so. Would NXT or do you think the main roster? No, I would say they they were they were great. Oh, NXT okay, okay. I'm sorry. Running and I think he understands how great they are. Vince just never saw them as that because he's stuck in delusional land. <laughs> I could see a situation where their contract. I'm honestly my prediction for next year. You know, I don't make predictions. I really don't. But my prediction is they leave AEW, and I'm always wrong, too, when I do make predictions. They leave AEW, they take a year off from any major company as far as, like, maybe they go to Impact and they don't sign a contract, who fucking knows. But I think they'll end back up in WWE in 2024 and go back there. That is my prediction. Okay. So we'll see. That's on the archive. So when they go back, (laughs) when they stick to AEW and they end back right back up on Dark, then you can laugh at me. Uh, Winter is coming next week. We've got three matches announced. Jamie Hayter defending the AEW Women's World Championship. Against the winner of Friday's Reina Del Wave championship match. Who even gives a shit? But it's uh, Sheeta in the bunny. I assume Sheeta wins. Let's say Sheeta wins that match. Hater and Sheeta for the women's title next week. Easy win for Hater, right? Hater, LOL. Slam dunk. Uh, she had a very good promo last night. I like seeing more of Hater on the show. She's great. Death Triangle and the Elite, our favorite uh, you know, series of matches right now. Match four in the best of seven series. Who do you think takes this one? This could obviously go either way because the Elite won the last one. I think Death Triangle wins this one. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm not going to watch it, so I'm not going to even predict. <laughs> you have to give me something. Bucks and Omega tie it up. Okay. MGF and Ricky Starks, the Dynamite Diamond Ring, ooh, and the AEW World Championship. Uh, easy win for MGF, but I'm looking forward to the match. Yeah, I mean, MGF here. Yeah, this should be a great match. Uh, we transition from that to Final Battle coming up on Saturday. So Winter is Coming is next Wednesday. Final Battle is on Saturday. They did say, Tony did say in the conference call yesterday, as far as we're going to see less of Ring of Honor on the show going forward, which I really hope is fucking true. And as from from a guy who is as big of a Ring of Honor fan as I am, even I'm like, all right, if this isn't really going anywhere, like the exposure for the brand isn't really leading to anything and it's diluting the AEW product, then this is a waste of time. But if they're going to get a TV deal or a streaming deal, that's really that's really what has to happen. So that's the thing. I think 
What, what do you think is more likely on the topic of Ring of Honor? They get a TV deal, they get a streaming deal, or they don't get anything? I'm thinking they get a streaming deal of Tony's like, all right, we'll address the future of Ring of Honor. I don't think he would take the Ring of Honor stuff off AEW TV unless he had some sort of a deal in place. I don't think they go to TV. I think they just end up on like HBO Max or some smaller streaming service. Yeah, I mean, honestly... I, th- I would probably say streaming. I doubt they get a TV deal. I just, I, I would rather them move on from the whole Ring of Honor stuff and just focus on their own shit. I mean, I understand Tony's obsessed with Ring of Honor, but like, I just feel like that's just another thing that he has to, if they have a streaming deal and they have TV, like, that's just another thing that he's going to have to worry about. Yeah. And I feel like they just should just focus on their own product. He, realistically, he should have just never bought Ring of Honor because I feel like it just hasn't really done too much for them. It should just focus on his own shit, but here we are. Do you think... I would say that he can run or they can have Ring of Honor as its own brand on its own streaming deal. And you can occasionally cross over talent, not not often. But do you think that it would work if not Tony Khan is running? I mean, if it, it seems like he has to run everything. He feels like yeah, he has to run. Yeah, he already said that. He's, he's booking it. So, like, it's, hey, it's not like he's going to take that out of it. That's the problem. Like, I think I feel like someone like a Regal would have been perfect, but he just left. So, I don't know who else he would put in charge of it. So, but someone like that would be perfect to run Ring of Honor. No, I agree. And that's not going to happen because he wants his feet and everything and he feels the need to stay up 24 hours a day to fucking book shit on a napkin. So, I don't know. I just he, He's spreading himself too thin and it's not it's not a good call. I know he feels like he, he feels like he can do it. Is he doing it effectively on every front? I don't watch the Jaguars. You can tell me, but I, I, don't, I don't think so from what I can understand. Uh, but as far as Final Battle goes, we're getting another Swerve in Our Glory match. I thought we were done with this, but they're reuniting hopefully one more time on Saturday. Again, Shane Taylor Promotions. Shane Taylor and J.D. Griffey. I don't even know, fucking know who J.D. Griffey is. I know Shane Taylor from Ring of Honor, but, like, <laughs> this is one of those things where, like, I love the, I, I know the history between Keith Lee and Shane, but you would really have had to watch Ring of Honor five or six years ago to even remember they teamed for a six-month stretch. It's like, why do they do this shit where they expect people to care or, like, give a fuck or, like, they they just Shane walked backstage in a random 30-second segment last week on Rampage. It's so random. Like, I think... I'm going to say Swerve and her glory wins this, and then maybe Swerve turns on him anyway. Maybe he returns the favor by turning on Keith. I don't know. Who fucking knows? I, I'll i say they win this, because it really doesn't matter either way. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think you Swerve and her glory win. Like you said, I saw the clip. People were going crazy. I'm like, I honestly have no idea who this guy is. I never watched Ring <laughs> of Honor, so I don't know who he is. Like, exactly. He, I just saw, I even saw people that like were pretty plugged in. They're like, honestly, I didn't even know who that was until like they kind of put some context to it, so... I mean, they like doing that. Like, I mean, I guess if you're hardcore and you're into it, you get it. But, like, to me, I never watched Ring of Honor, so I have no idea who he was. I mean, I think Swerve and our glory win, and, like you said, maybe Swerve turns on him. But, I mean, I don't know why the other team would win unless, like, Swerve backed out. And, and like he like you said, he did the same thing to Keith. Like, he left Keith by himself, and they, then he was there. But I'll, I'll say Swerve and our glory won. All right, yeah, I'll say Swerve and our glory won as well. Uh, like you said, unless he walks out and they give the other team the win, I don't know why else he would have the win unless they're signed to Ring of Honor, we'll see. Uh, Dalton Castle and the boys defend the Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag Team titles against the Embassy's Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony, the titles that no one really... I mean, all these titles really don't mean anything, but um, the Embassy's all over AWTV, so I'll just say they win this thing. I was going to say, I've seen so much of the Embassy in the last, like, two months I'm going about. <laughs> <laughs> Castle and the boys. I know Castle was in the Battle Royal last night, but they're never on the show, really. And the Embassy, they listen, they, we've, we've said it before, they're glorified stepping stones. They always fucking lose, Cage specifically. So, like, you got to justify them being on the show in some form or fashion. Give them something, even though it's 
the titles are as worthless as the belts are on our waist right now. But, you know, I think they win this thing. Uh, part three, Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Yuta won the first one at Death Before Dishonor. Garcia won the belt from Yuta on Dynamite in his hometown back in September. Um, again, doesn't really matter. I, it all depends if Garcia is going to be the one to take the belt off of Jericho or not. And you would have to clear him up with the Pure title before then. I think Garcia retains here. Um, I'm not really sure why you would put the belt on him just to put it right back on Yuta, which we'll talk about with Jericho and Castagnoli coming up. But I think Garcia retains here. I guess like, it could go either way, though. I think Garcia wins, too. I, I just don't know why you put the belt on him just to take it right off him. So yeah. I don't, I don't watch flip-flop in here, so I'm going to go with Garcia. Yeah, that and the fact that uh, it's interesting. Garcia won the belt, and we've actually seen less of him on the show since he became champion. So it's it's actually been more of a uh, it, it's more been more of a downgrade for him than anything else. Mercedes Martinez against Athena for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship um, really hasn't been focused on the shows at all. At least Dynamite and Rampage a little bit, but barely. Uh, I think Athena takes the title here. I think uh, I I've actually liked the new attitude from Athena. It's the most interesting she's been in in many years. And Martinez has barely been on the show. I know she was hurt for a while. She's good, but she's been champion since May. I think it's time for a change, and I think Athena wins the championship, especially since she could not win the TBS title. <laughs> I was going to say, if she can't win this title, she might as well just pack her back and go home. So. <laughs> well, you could say the I same got... thing about Serena Deep, too. Same thing happened with her. Yeah, so I, I got Athena winning here. I mean, I haven't seen Mercedes on TV in forever. Yeah. I think you just put it on Athena, because like you said, she's not winning... Either AEW Women's title, so you might as well just give her this prop belt. Yeah. Samoa Joe, Juice Robinson, Ring of Honor World Television Championship. You know, I want Joe to win. Um, not that it really matters, because he's a double champion as the TNT title still. I think Wardlow cost in the win here. The only reason I say Juice wins is because he they just signed the guy, and he already was on TV a couple months ago losing to John Moxley. So they kind of have to justify signing him to make him feel like a bigger deal than he actually is. I feel like they kind of have to win here. The, he kind of has to win here because if he doesn't, it's like, why the why the fuck would you even sign the guy? Um, I think Juice Robinson wins the title here with help from Wardlow to kind of, you know, even the odds, and then Joe and Wardlow can focus on the TNT title. Uh, I would like Joe to win because I just like Joe more than Juice, but I think Juice Robinson takes the title here. I didn't know this was a match until you just said it. Uh... <laughs> they just announced it on Friday. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, like you said, I feel like the story is Wardlow and Joe, so free up Joe for that. You just have Juice win here. Not like it really matters, but I'm, I'm going to go with you as well. FDR and the Briscoes, part three as well. Double dog collar match for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. Incredibly fucking random. I know they have history from the other Ring of Honor pay-per-views, but it's like they literally announced this in the final 30 seconds of Dynamite on Wednesday. Um, I know they had to justify a stipulation for it because the last match was best two out of three falls. Double dog collar, I'm sure that was like the FTR idea. Uh, that's cool and all. It's just like we haven't really seen this feud at all since July. So to announce it randomly as a double dog collar match, it's a great attraction. I'm sure it's going to be an awesome match. It's just really fucking random. I'm, I'm, I, was, I was like thinking like why the Briscoes aren't even on the show. But it is funny though because like they were teasing the kingdom for a couple weeks. <laughs> this is another one by the way. They were teasing the kingdom for a couple weeks. Like, going for the Ring of Honor tag titles. Like, oh, you, the Briscoes beat us for the belts. We never got a rematch. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, okay, Kingdom and FDR. Like, all right, I'm looking forward to that. I think Taven faced Wardlow at the Rampage that we were at in Connecticut a couple months ago. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, maybe they'll start ramping this up soon. They weren't on the show at all. They were barely on Dynamite. They, they signed, by the way. I forgot to mention that. They fucking signed with AEW. I'm thinking, okay, that's kind of dumb. They probably should have gone to WWE, but whatever. And then I'm thinking, okay, they're probably just keeping them quiet. Until final battle. And then we'll get the kingdom in FTR at that show. But it's the fucking Briscoes again. I'm like, 
<laughs> What's even the point of the kingdom shit? And I know they're not hurt either. I, Matt Taven's wrestling here in Connecticut at a show like next weekend. Unless Mike Bennett's hurt, I'm not even why the fuck sure they sign these people. It's like, dude, what are we even doing here? But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, if they're even doing a third match, I think the Briscoes are going to win this thing because they already lost the first two. Are you going to do a third match and have them win all three times? Like, what's the point? So I think the Briscoes get the belts back here. I completely agree. I mean, I totally forgot the fucking Kingdom side with AEW and then you just mentioned that. It was <laughs> like a fucking... It's like that uh, Simpson, gift, Simpson gift when the dad comes in with his hat and puts it off and yeah. takes it off and <laughs> yeah. it out. Like, I remember I saw them quick for a quick second and I haven't even heard of them since, so... Um, that's funny, but yeah, I think Briscoe's went here. I mean, we kind of both said that. I mean, I think the FTR is probably leaving in the next couple of months, so it's better to take the belts off them now um, and kind of flush them out. So that's the, kind of the plan. So I, I got Briscoe's here. I agree. Uh, Jericho and Claudio Castagnoli for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Now this can go either way, just because Claudio, the stipulation is that obviously he'll get the belt back if he wins. If he loses. He joins Jericho Appreciation Society. Regal's gone from AEW. We mentioned Blackpool Combat Club earlier. People have said, you know, Jericho wins and Claudio gets, you know, gives Jericho his comeuppance. I I don't know. I think Claudio wins. I think they're probably going to want to do what you said a week or two ago, and I fucking hate this idea, that they're going to put Hager and Claudio back together as a team to justify Hager's whole hat obsession, which is so stupid. They did it last night, too. I'm like, what are we even doing here? Um, but I think Jericho retains, because again... It goes back to the Yuta and Garcia thing earlier. Why even bother putting the belt on Jericho and doing the whole, oh, a crusade against Ring of Honor if the belt goes right back to Claudia? Wasn't the whole point to put the belt on Garcia? If it's not Garcia who beats Jericho for the title, then this whole thing was a complete waste of time. Why even take the belt off of Claudio? And I like the Jericho stuff for about a month or two, but they haven't really done much with it lately. And he's been facing Danielson and Claudio. This is like the third or fourth time he's faced Claudio. It's like, dude, move the fuck on. Um, I think I think Jericho wins here. It's a lose-lose, because if Claudia wins, I'm like, this whole thing was a waste of time. But if Jericho wins, I don't want to see Claudia and Jericho Appreciation Society. So I feel like it, there's a drawback either way. Yeah, I think it's a lose-lose, honestly. I think Jericho wins here. We get Hager and Claudio Ugh. again, like anyone cares. But like you said, even if Claudia wins, which is nice, like, what was the whole point of Jericho beating all of Ringwalk just to drop the belt right back to Claudio? It's such a fucking waste. It just makes no sense. And there was still more potential you could have done with the Jericho stuff as far as bringing in former champions, but, you know, that's just me. Davey Richards was an option, Eddie Edwards, but that's, you know, that's my own opinion on that, I guess. Uh, as we wind down here real quickly on the NXT front with Deadline that same night and on Saturday, uh, one quick note, they actually did just officially announce like 10 minutes ago, I think, on the conference call. NXT is indeed officially returning to the road for the premium live events, which I hate calling it that. But starting with Vengeance Day in February, they're going to Charlotte, North Carolina. Obviously, Stand and Deliver is going to be over Mania Weekend in, uh, in L.A. And then after that, I don't know where they go. So I'm very happy to hear this because you and I have been to a lot of takeovers and a lot of different venues. We went to Philly. We've been to the New York one. Uh, we've been to the one in Florida. We were at the Tampa one or um, Orlando, rather. We've been to a lot of takeovers in a lot of different cities. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to this. I don't know if they... They didn't do one in Boston, shockingly. That that kind of surprises me. But, uh, yeah, so they're going to be returning to the road with Vengeance Day. What are your thoughts on that? No, I think it's good. I think getting out of the PC is nice. Um, I think it's helpful, especially for the young guys. I mean, when you get the same crowd every week, I feel like it's kind of tough. Um, when you get out on the road, you kind of get more of a, like a swath of different people and different reactions. So I think it's nice. I mean, I think the PC and, like, full sale is nice, but I feel like when you move on, you kind of get a different reaction and kind of can gauge the – the overall public better. 
I agree. They already started doing the house shows in Florida, the house show, you know, the the coconut loop, so to speak. So I'm glad they're you know, doing that with the house shows. And uh, now they're going back on the road for the bigger shows. And maybe once in a while, they'll go on the road for the weekly shows. Once in a while. Maybe not every week, but I like that a lot. So deadline is at the PC on Saturday. Hopefully the final, hopefully the final PC uh, pay-per-view for a while. But we got pretty deadly defending the NXT Tag Team titles against The New Day, who showed up on Wednesday. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know if this is a bold opinion or not. I actually really like this idea a lot because the New Day have nothing to do on SmackDown right now. I know they they just had Kofi face Gunther on Friday's show last week, but, you know, they lost to the Usos, you know, 17 times. You're not going to go back to that match. They don't really have anything to do. There's only one set of tag titles. They already feuded with the Raiders. You can't do a non-title feud of them now. There's nothing for them to do. But the one titles they've never held in this company, the NXT Tag Team titles. And they can become Triple Crown champions. I think the only other team to do that was FTR. I like this a lot. And honestly, I think they're going to win. I think you can have them. There's really not much of a division left in NXT. Pretty deadly were right when they said they beat all the other teams. I'm not even really sure how many teams they have in NXT. But honestly, I like Pretty Deadly a lot. But I think the New Day are going to take the titles here. And I think it would be interesting to have them in there for a little bit of a brief run. It takes them away from SmackDown for a while. It's something new. I like this a lot because Kofi was never in NXT. Xavier was like 10 years ago. So I love this. I think the New Day take the titles here. Yeah, I don't hate it. Like you said, I feel like they've just done everything on the main roster. And it's like at this point, what can you do? They just lost to the Raiders, like you said. They're not going to face the Usos for the 10 millionth time. Um, I think it's fine. Like getting them up around SmackDown is refreshing. It's kind of like the whole, how can I miss if you don't go away? Um, Especially with them. I feel like they've just been so... On SmackDown, doing the same shit for so long, it's kind of just run its core. So, I don't mind this. I don't know if I have them win. I feel like if they're going to stay in NXT, they should win. So, yeah, I guess you can have them win here. I like Pretty Deadly, though. I think they're a good little team. And, uh, yeah, I guess you get the New Day going over and do something different. Yeah, we only have five matches on the show. And um, I'm surprised they're not doing, what's his name, Von Wagner and Odyssey Jones. Uh, and they, they've teased that. They're not doing it, which doesn't make much of a difference to me, but I'm surprised they're not doing that. And no North American title defense from Wesley. They're waiting longer to do either him and Dijak or him and D'Angelo or a triple threat. That surprised me that we're not getting that. Unless they announce it, like, today or tomorrow, I'm very surprised that Wesley is not on the show defending that championship. I know they had the two Iron Survivor Challenge matches, though. Um, and another match I don't really give a shit about, I'm sure you don't as well, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. Isla Dawn does nothing for me personally. I've mentioned that many times before. As someone who watched her in NXT UK... Alba Fire is a total loser at this point. Do you really have her lose again? I, I really don't care about Isla Dawn. I think they're going to have Alba Fire win, but by DQ. They're going to do a, a fuck finish here to continue the feud to ensure that Alba doesn't lose for like a, a tenth time. If Isla wins, I'd if I had to pick a winner definitively, it would be Isla. But I think Alba Fire wins here by DQ. Or Yeah, Alba Fire wins by DQ. That's my prediction. Yeah, I mean, this match is like the piss break. Go get popcorn. Go do something else for 15 minutes. So I like Kaylee Ray. I just, I mean, they basically buried her at this point. So I mean, the other, I, I don't even care who wins this match at this point. I, I'll pick the other girl. I just don't care. Who gives a shit? Uh, they have another women's match on the show that I actually do care about. Roxanne Perez, Cora Jade, Zoe Stark, Kiana James, Indy Hartwell. Women's Iron Survivor Challenge match. The winner of this match earning a future opportunity at the NXT Women's Championship. Um, I would, I'm going to say, like, of all the women in this match, the only two names that really stick out, I like Cora, but I don't think Cora's going to win. It's either Indy or Roxanne. Indy confronted, she qualified on Tuesday, and then she confronted Toxic later on in the show. They've done Mandy and Indy before, but Indy 
that wasn't for the championship. Roxanne has gotten at least one title shot. She's faced Mandy twice. She lost both times. She had one title shot, and she lost that match due to Cora. Indy is the dark horse here. I'll go with my original pick in Roxanne, though, because I really want Roxanne to be the one to take the title, although I still fear that it might be uh, Nikita Lyons. Yeah, I got, I'm going with Roxanne here as well. I, I, I like Cora a lot. I just don't think it's going to be her. Uh, like you said, Indy's kind of a dark horse, but I'm going to go with Roxanne. Yeah, hopefully she wins this thing. Um, for the men's one, Carmelo Hayes, J.D. McDonough, Grayson Waller, Joe Gacy, and Axiom, who qualified on Tuesday. Men's Iron Survivor Challenge match. You got four heels and a undercard babyface. So you have to know a heel's winning this thing to challenge the future NXT champion. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, slam dunk. I think we got to get him and either Apollo, which I don't think is going to happen, but either him and Breaker or whoever for that championship before Hayes goes up to the main roster. Yeah, I think this is Hayes all the way. Um, I think there's like a slight chance maybe Joe Gacy wins. I don't want to see it, but I think there's like a slight chance he wins. But uh, I, I think it's Hayes all, all day. I was going to say, well, Gacy's already gotten his shots. I would hope they don't go back to that. I would say maybe Grayson Waller because they teased him in Breaker a couple weeks ago and they never actually, I don't think they've done that match yet. And I would I would like that match. I, I don't know if Waller's in that spot yet to be ready for an opportunity like that. Hayes is. Give him the win. And we get to the main event, Braun Breaker, Apollo Crews for the NXT Championship. I've actually really liked the build of this. We haven't really talked about this a lot on the show, but, you know, the, the fishing stuff, it's so, like, it's different. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to kill you on Saturday. Like, they're actually talking, I don't know, as actual normal human beings in, like, diners and going fishing and shit. I don't know. Personally, I really like this a lot. And um, I think it's going to be a good match. I do think Breaker retains. I think Apollo probably has the best chance of anyone of beating Breaker for the belt, just because they've told this story for so long now and he never held the title. Um, I would probably just keep it on Breaker until he drops it to Carmelo or someone else. But I'm going Braun, but honestly, I wouldn't hate if Apollo was the one to take the belt from him. Yeah, I have Braun winning too. I think he holds the belt until he loses to Carmelo, honestly. You do that in New Year's Evil, or do you save that for... I mean, if Carmelo Hayes wins his match, I don't think they'll give him his opportunity at fucking... Stand and deliver. I mean, they could wait till Vengeance Day in in, in Charlotte. I, I would have one at Vengeance Day or uh, uh, New Year's Evil. Okay, yeah, speed up the process. So we'll see if they do that show, which I assume they will in early January on NXT. That's going to do it for Mr. Marceau for today's episode. A lot to get into. We'll have all these shows to review for next week before the holiday season. And like I said, the first thing I'm going to do as soon as I get off the phone with you is put up and start putting together the 2022 Year in Review Awards for WWE, NXT, and AEW. Probably mostly WWE, AEW stuff because NXT's kind of fallen off this year. So I, I've gone in and out like I've included NXT before. I haven't. I've included Impact before. So... We're including probably primarily WWE and AEW stuff. I haven't officially decided yet, but keep an eye out for those. You can vote and cast your vote over at WrestleRant.com. The polls will be open through today's the 8th, 15th, 22nd, 29th. The 28th is when the polls will close that Wednesday, and we'll talk about it on Thursday, the 29th. So, Mr. Marceau, this has been great. Appreciate your time as always. New episodes every single Thursday. You know where to find the show. Uh, go watch some Christmas movies, Mr. Marceau. I'll catch you next week. Can't wait to stop the ballot. <laughs> Only one vote. I'll be watching. Okay. <laughs> See you, brother. Take care. Later. Bye.